Hello and welcome to episode thirty-three of the of the European show. And so we'll, we'll look back at um, the Champions League games today. And so, how how, um, how are you, Nick? I'd rather I prefer not to answer. <laughs> well, we're about to find out how he is anyway. As the first place we're going to start is Atletico Madrid versus Chelsea, which Chelsea won two 0 through goals from Hakim Ziyech and Emerson. And won the tie three 0 on aggregate, and I, I feel like I should just hand this over yeah. to Nick, just to let him, and I'll come in if there's any need to remove the bias and to, to provide a more unbiased view. Well, I mean, bias or not, the first thing that has to be said was that Aleti played like absolute garbage. Uh, there was ten minutes where the team went out, or clearly looking to to try and make a comeback, to try and turn the game around, and that that, that literally lasted a tiny part of the first half and then everyone forgot f- forgot to pass uh, the, the the team lost all of its cohesion they they couldn't make five consecutive passes and and there just wasn't uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw Suarez the, the ball get to Suarez literally like four times in the entire match until he got subbed off so so Chelsea essentially had the ball the entire time uh they they could do whatever they wanted with it. The Atleti midfield was was absolutely incapable of of recovering the ball, and th- despite that, uh, Chelsea did create some some light danger, and and Atleti's defense was pretty shaky. So Chelsea did look like they were quite close to scoring throughout the first half, but nothing happened until a until a bad free kick from Trippier sparked the counter attack led by Timo Werner who who crossed the ball into Ziyech, and and then he just tapped it into the goal. Slid it past past Oblak, and then the and then the rest of the game was pretty much the same thing. Uh, Chelsea was ne- looked pretty comfortable throughout the game. Atleti never did anything particularly dangerous. Uh, in in the dying minutes, dying minutes, I mean after the about the seventieth minute, Atleti seemed to to turn on a little bit, uh, put a little bit more energy into the game, but still a lot of imprecision, imprecision, and and just not really. Uh, a good idea of what to do it meant that meant that at the end of the day, Chelsea didn't have to do that much. Plus, uh, Rudiger and Kante played absolutely amazing games. They were both extremely solid, and were were a big part of the reason to why to why Atleti weren't weren't able to create any danger. And then the the the, the game was was topped off with with a with a goal from Emerson who had just been subbed on, and he he counterattacked. He, well, he he scored from a, from from another counter, and at this point, Atleti were missing a centre back, so he literally had no problem received the ball completely in the zone, and again slotted it slotted it past Oblak, and that those were the events of the game, and Chelsea hundred percent deserved to win, no, no question about it. I I do have a, some qualms, some some problems with the refing throughout the game though. Um, I, I wouldn't say Atleti were full on robbed. Don't get me wrong, but it definitely felt unfair. I, well, the, the unfairness really starts with the fact that Atleti had to play two away legs. Uh, but uh, today, I, I I thought that really there was just something up, right? I'm not accusing anyone of corruption or or like extreme bias or anything, but I thought the ref was was pretty bad. Uh, he was he was just cutting out the game with, with cutting out the game with with a lot of strange fouls. And um, and then most notably, in in the first half, um, Rudiger pushes pushes um, 
sweat is off the ball in the box it's not like a shoulder budge or like he properly like he properly bodies body sweaters he like pushes him up with his hand in the box i think that could definitely definitely be a penalty and it, don't get me wrong it's not like he broke sweaters leg and, and it's 100 percent a foul but uh but it definitely very well could be a penalty and i think most most teams would receive that if it was like real madrid or juventus or or say like Bayern munich or something that would be given as a penalty and then later uh Carrasco also breaks into the box as Piliqueta holds him back for half a second maybe or a second and again it's not it's not a super hard foul but he definitely obstructs him and he definitely tries to to slow him down and and then Carrasco dives to 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 like exaggerate it obviously to to show that to show that he had been held back and and again I've, I feel like if that can certainly be given as a penalty and it wasn't but uh, but coming from those two things, I thought, oh, okay, so this ref is just like a total hard ass. He he's gonna ignore like light fouls and and all of that. And then Savage, I mean elbows, but it it wasn't it was not hard at all. It's more of a nudge, really. Uh, Rudiger in the box, and he got a straight red. Like I mean, is it a foul? Yes, un uncontestedly. Is it a yellow? Almost certainly, yeah, of course, no question about it. But it is a straight red. If if you don't give the two penalties, you can't give the red like that. It, 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 I, I I thought it was really ridiculous. And then obviously being a man down from the seventy fifth, eightieth minute or something, Aleti oh, legs were broken. Nothing. They were already playing absolutely terribly. And even though they had just started to improve with, with, with that with that hit, nothing 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 more could be done. So I don't know. I I, I did not like that part of the game, but. This, despite that, Chelsea 100% deserved to win, and it's not like Aleti played significantly better and had the game taken away from them. No, not at all. Well, going back to our, our predictions, I'm not trying to pick <laughs> myself up here, but I did say Chelsea had to. We didn't know how to, uh, Chelsea were playing to Thomas Tuchel, and they did have the chance to cause an upset, and they did, and they they probably thoroughly deserved to win over both the legs as well. Right, right. I I do think it's a little unfortunate that Aleti didn't play, didn't show how well they could play, but uh, but also yeah, Tuchel did do a, a good job of of improving the team, but because under Lampard, Aleti would have beat would, would have beat, would have beat Chelsea no problem. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, hundred percent. But uh, but uh, Tuchel did has done a great job of of chase of changing the Chelsea team up, and uh, and especially in in their defensive in their defensive capabilities, he he re-transformed them. They didn't do that much in attack, to be fair. Uh, the, the midfield did, did keep a good control of the game, but but once they like had the ball at the edge of the box, they were pretty uncreative and couldn't do that much. But um, but when it came to spreading out Aleti, when it came to to holding them off from from Aleti's own attacks, uh, Tuchel definitely set up a good defensive, uh, um, and, and and he had a good game plan overall. I'd say whoever Chelsea draw in the next round is going to be a challenge for that team because Chelsea have shown now that they're. A lot better team, and will be able to easily deal with with most of the teams left in their draw. To be fair, they may not win, but it's not going to be some sort of a rout like it was last time. Yes. Yeah, uh, but for Suarez, <laughs> he's now gone 2010 days since uh, scoring an away goal in the Champions League, and so that's extending back to probably around. The MSN days. It was. So like I think it's becoming an issue. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. Maybe against. There's some pretty small team as well he scored against, if I correctly remember. But yeah, it's been a while. It's, it wasn't entirely his fault that he didn't score today. The, the ball just didn't get to him. 
but uh but yeah it, it is uh a little it it, it it's not like he's a bad player of course but but it's a bit of a of, of a curse it seems that that he has and 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 obviously today he wasn't anywhere near to to breaking that and now that he's out of the champions league you're gonna have to wait another year to try and break that curse but yeah, he, he he wasn't one of the worst performers. I I thought Atleti's starting lineup was really strange. Uh, uh as 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 you mentioned to me earlier, um, Simeone started with a four four two, which um he's been playing a three at the back for most of this season and it's been going quite well. And for some reason, he decided to rest Madrid Mosso and and also um bring on bring on Lodi and Saul instead of instead of Edmoso and um Lemar. And I think Lemar was initially benched because he might have had some some problems with um with his fitness earlier in the week, but but even but even then, it, for a game like this, you start him and see how long he can play, and then you sub him off. But um but Sal was like properly terrible. He played one of he, he's been so bad this season. He needs to to be benched for a little bit, and Lodi wasn't that great either. So I think that uh, Simona could have definitely had a stronger start to the game. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see who Chelsea draw in the in the next round. So the other game we'll look at before our break is Bristol Manchester Gladbach versus Manchester <laughs> City. I got the amount of goals Manchester City would score would score, right? When I said it before two. Prediction master. It's just the fact yeah, it's just the fact that uh, Manchester Gladbach couldn't score four. But it was it was literally the same as the as the previous game where Manchester City just dominated like they Gladbach were unable to do a lot albeit anything <laughs> they Gladbach's best player was Marcus Turam but the one area that they failed to exploit was once again their right hand side because obviously Cancelo would push so far forward and not be out wide on the wing that would allow it would allow Stefan Liner to bomb forward and he would be in so much space but they would the ball would always be on the left hand side or in the center and they just would be unable to get the ball out to the liner which which was which is a shame because it would have helped ignite some sort of an attack or a chance but like there's no room i can't really complain when kevin de bruyne scored such a good goal and then gundogan scored as well so there's not really any room for complaining the only positive I can take out of this game was the fact that Bristol Minch and Gladbach looked a lot better than they did in the first half. They they had a lot more shots and actually caused Edison to make some meaningful saves. But for us as a podcast, we got a retweet from the official <laughs> Bristol Minch and Gladbach Twitter account. That's basically a which, goal for Gladbach. Exactly. And as myself, I'm a, a very big Bristol Minch and Gladbach fan. It's safe to say it made my day. Follow us on Twitter at the European Show. And on Instagram, if you, if you so desire. Sadly, we didn't get a follow back from Bristol Manchester Gladbach, which is a shame. But it it it'd be interesting because obviously in the previous game, Manchester City showed that they did have a bit of weakness. But in this one, they didn't show as much, and they kind of cruised through this one quite easily. But I feel like it's it was because of the the strength of the team they had, or they were up against. If they were against a much stronger team, then they would have caused a lot more issues and I, I, I'm I still certain that they're not going to win the Champions League as a whole. But I I'm, I stand by this and I will, that if this game was played around the time the draw was made, Borussia Mönchengladbach could have beaten Manchester City. Yeah, in, in fairness, in fairness, Man City at the start of the season were a little bit shaky. I, 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 I'm not saying I fully agree with you, 
But uh, but but um, at the start of the season, uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach was putting up a good fight in a in a difficult group with Inter Milan and Real Madrid and. And as I previously said, City weren't the unstoppable monsters they are now. Uh, it's 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 just poor luck, Gladbach, that they have been in a worse form that in they ha- that they have for probably ten since they've been in the Bundesliga, really. And they're they're in such poor form, and Manchester City are one of the best teams in Europe. Mm. And it's just kind of a shame that they came together at this exact time. Uh, I, I could say the same about Chelsea Atleti. Uh, well, in November, when when this game was drawn, Atleti was on this crazy unbeaten streak in the Liga, and and Chelsea was proper rubbish, and now it's basically the opposite. So it, it'd be, I think the the draw I want to see in the quarterfinals is Manchester City versus Bayern Munich. That would be a zinger of a game. Ah, uh, yeah, Bayern Bayern Munich on humble Manchester City. <laughs> I, I I'd actually like see I like I'd like to see PSG Man City actually the the, the, the clash of money clubs see, see who's. Who, who spends the most and who wins the most so we're going to have our, our break now and then we'll be back for the other Champions League games as well welcome back to to the to the second part so we'll first start with Real Madrid versus Atalanta as Real Madrid beat the t- team from Bergen 3-1 on the night, 4-1 on aggregate, to make them the only Spanish team in the quarterfinals. But it was a case of Karim Benzema literally carrying them once again like he did at the weekend. But it could have actually been a lot better for Real Madrid if it wasn't for Vinicius. Yeah, I saw him and I, I've, I've had this opinion for a while. I've drawn this parallel a few times before, but I think today was put on full display. I see Vinicius Jr. as the new Rubinho He's an extremely technically gifted player and he's an amazing dribbler. But once he finishes his dribble, he, he does not know what to do with the ball. T- t- today, in fairness, he did actually create a little bit. He did put, it out, put out some good passes. But um, he, as per usual, missed a lot of shots. And most notably, he had this spectacular run where he picks up the, the ball in his own half of the pitch, just blazes down the left side. Um, cuts in it, dribbles past like three players, slips his way through the back line, one v one against the keeper, and then for some reason he tries to like flick it with the outside of his foot into the goal. I don't know why, and it just went miles wide. It was such a strange decision. I don't know why he did that. It would have been like an Puskas, like almost Puskas award winning goal if he had we, we know who's gonna we know who's gonna win the Puskas award okay it's Valentina Lazaro let's just make that clear yeah we'll, we'll see about that he, he, he would have put up a good fight if for, for the Puskas if he had scored that goal but I don't know what his thought process was it was such a strange way to take a shot if he had like kicked it normally and it and it had and it had gone out I'd be like oh, okay like unlucky I guess but he decided to like flick it, and I don't understand why. Um, and in fairness, I think that this this is just further proof that he needs some time away from Real Madrid on loan, at a smaller club with less pressure. I say this like every month, but he, this is just what he needs because right now he he had like obviously he knew that that uh, that he was under pressure from 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 the expectations of him to score that, and uh, and in such a big in such a big match for such a big team. He he clearly got nervous and uh, and went for a, for a for a weird showboaty kind of goal. Where if he was say at like 
a medium club, maybe like Roma, Villarreal, and I guess you could say Arsenal, Leicester. Leicester would be a pretty good fit for him, I believe. He wouldn't have all of these eyes on him. He would still have a lot of pressure because he's a famous football player and and he would come from Real Madrid. But it, but it wouldn't be as bad. He could take some more time to to just like develop and 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 focus on himself instead of what what people say about him. So I I generally believe that he has to go this summer on loan. You can't hate on him too much because he did win win the penalty that uh, Sergio Ramos then converted as well to give Real Madrid a more comfortable lead. He did, yeah, exactly. No, yeah, he did he, because, because he's a good dribbler and 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 essentially he, he won the penalty because of of a good piece of skill where he where he I guess tricks the defender into following him or or you know, whichever way you want to look at it. But but he won the penalty well. But then for Atalanta. It it was it was a shame really as they after looking so promising in the group stages they kind of have faltered at the round of sixteen this time as they they missed Remo Freuler who obviously as we know was sent off his red card was quite dodgy in the previous game and then it also didn't help that their left wing back Robin Goosens who has been probably one of their best players this season, went off injured. And so obviously they lost a, good, a lot of attacking threat down that left-hand side. And another odd decision was the fact that they started Sportiello. A man who has been... It, it, it doesn't look good on his CV that he has been involved in both their um, exits from the Champions League. As obviously last year he was involved in the game against PSG. And obviously now he's been involved in this game. And he hasn't performed the best. In, in, in not only has he not performed the best, but he he literally assisted a Real Madrid goal, basically. Yeah, with a very he gave away the ball for the first one. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to why Giampiero Gasparini decided to start Sportiello over Gallini, who was on the bench, and Gallini is obviously the better goalie and Atalanta's main choice. Later on in the game, Luis Muriel, who's also been probably one of Atalanta's best players this season. Uh, gave them a bit of a lifeline with a with a great free kick only for Marcus Asensio right after to go down the other end and score and kill the game off and send Real Madrid through but I, I still don't believe Real Madrid have any sort of strength necessary to to win this tournament they, they rely too much on their elderly players and they'll come up against a more youthful, energetic team. I know Atalanta are youthful and, or are an energetic team as well, but Real Madrid will come up against a team like that and they'll get become unstuck quite easily. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. Real Madrid have also been inconsistent, pretty inconsistent this season. They have stretches of three or four games where they are almost perfect. The defence is, is impossible to get past. The, the midfield, as per always, is mechanical the best that's by far the best part of their team and then the, the attack always knows what to do and um but then sometimes they just forget how good they are or or the team just loses their confidence i i, I don't know which one it is but um but 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 then after following these good stretches of form around madrid will just not be able to create any danger that they won't be able to move forward with the ball uh, the defense will suddenly get really shaky. Stop marking. Stop covering space, and and the team will just move a lot more slowly and sluggishly than than before. So if if they're not in good form, they they, they will get out of the Champions League, but by by almost any team they'll come up against. And so the the other game that was played was Bayern Munich versus Lazio. This game was over already, but Bayern won two one, six two on aggregate. 
Uh, Bayern dominated once again. Like they, they last year didn't really cause them any issues. There were goals for Robert Lewandowski and Eric Max Maxim Chipomoting. Perola got a consolation goal for Lazio. But this it just kind of shows how good Bayern are. The fact that they were just so good against the Lazio team who are a good team as well and they weren't even full strength and they kind of just swept them aside with ease really you, you, you can tell how, how confident Bayern were because they didn't even start Neuer they just started uh, I think it's Alexander Nubel who is, yeah. who, who's their sub goalie and literally no other team in the world would start their their rotation goalkeeper for, for, for a Champions League knockout yeah it just shows how strong Bayern Munich are really and I I myself can't see them can't see anyone getting past them but it, it Lazio's exit means there is no Serie A won't be represented in the final in the quarterfinals for the first time since 2016 which is interesting so obviously there's there's a potential for loads of big matchups in this draw there's you can have a lot of narratives you can have Real Madrid versus Porto with the connection being Casillas and Mourinho I guess yeah uh, you can have Bayern Munich versus Manchester City obviously Pep Guardiola and the fact that they are the two strongest teams in the tournament you can have you have Chelsea versus PSG which is obviously the Thomas Tuchel derby after he got <laughs> sacked a few months ago then you've got Liverpool versus obviously Dortmund as well the obvious connection being Jurgen Klopp so there's a lot of interesting games that could possibly come from this draw as well and none of the teams are di- all the teams you can get will be difficult to face there's no easy team to come up against as Porto have shown that they're no longer the, the whipping boys that they once were and they're actually a strong defensive outfit now so it begs the question who is your favorite for the tournament I mean obviously I'd have to say Bayern Munich um, however I, I, I am a little bit superstitious of the fact that Essentially, only Real Madrid is is the is the team that that will ever win two Champions Leagues in a row in the foreseeable future. So while I do think Bayern Munich are the strongest team in the tournament, I feel like if someone's gonna be be able to turn to to cause an upset and in a, in a heroic game, just take the title away from them, whether it's in a semi final or in a final. Other teams that are considered favorites are uh, Man City, and I know what we've said before about about uh, Man City, and I know what you think about them and and Guardiola just overcomplicating his his lineups and his tactics for for Champions League matches but I mean I think they're always dangerous and and there just needs to be one time where Guardiola doesn't mess it up and his team is so good that they're basically just Champions League winners from on paper from the quality in their team then I would I would take as dark horses Borussia Dortmund they were terrible for almost the entirety of this season until the past month and now they're really getting into their stride and Edin Terzic is beginning to settle down. His tactics are beginning to to click. And not that they have the overall quality to win the Champions League, but they do have Erling Haaland, and that matters a lot. I I think it would be genuinely great if if this new arrival to the to to the Europe to the European stage suddenly manages to to take the continent by storm and to carry his team to the to their first ever Champions League title. I think it'd be absolutely great. I don't know. Who, who who would you say are your favourites? And maybe if you have a dark horse. Uh, my favourites are Bayern Munich. Like I, I genuinely <laughs> can't see past them. Like they, the only issue will be teams just knock the ball forward, and hope that uh, that they have a striker quicker than Alfonso Davies. <laughs> and because they're they're strong literally everywhere. They've got the best striker in the world in Lewandowski. They've got a solid midfielder midfield behind him in in Joshua Kimmich, and Leon Goretzka and Thomas Muller. 
they have a great defence on their day um, with Jerome Boateng, David Alaba and Alfonso Davies and then obviously you've got Manuel Neuer behind them as well and I just can't and and the team is very rarely injured either so like I can't see anyone getting past them when they're all there you know in fairness they also have so much squad depth that even if someone did get injured it wouldn't matter that much I, I mean obviously you can't you don't have a 1v1 a one for one replacement for, for Lewandowski right but but the team can play around and not having him as if in as if in they literally have good enough attacking players to be like oh okay we don't have our complete number nine striker we're just gonna have to create dangers and score goals in a different way and, and they'll manage it because they're that good and then my dark horse i'm probably actually going to go with porto because they they're not they're a defensively sound team and the fact that they they did they conceded very little goals in the knockout stage uh, in the in the group stage and and they held manchester city to a nil nil draw which not many teams can do and i just they're looking very strong defensively and Musa Morega is a decent striker, and they def- and they've got uh, Tekatiko Corona as well, who who looks good as well. And I I feel like they'll be able to play how they did against Juventus against another team and easily, well not easily, but but progress to the semi-finals. Obviously, depending on the draw, because if they come up against a team like Bayern Munich, then it'd be difficult but I could there's still a possibility that they could do it and so into France where the biggest where there was a, normally we don't we don't really care about the Coupe de France <laughs> but we're only including this because it's a big game as PSG played Lille in the quarterfinals PSG won 3-0 in, in a game where Lille were terrible this is this is the type of game that you kind of need to give them the bit of shock that they need to to realise that they're who they're up against in in the title race for Liga, they had the defensive error which Mauro Icardi pounced upon to to give uh, PSG the lead. They then gave away a penalty which was converted by Mbappe, and then later on in the game, Mbappe scored a nice chip to to seal it. But it Lille them as I said, Lille were terrible, and it didn't help that Kaylon Navas was having a great game again. And he also saved a penalty from Yusuf Yuzici. And it kind of just... That's the type of game Leo should learn from and realise that they need to start playing a lot better now if they're going to want to challenge for this league and title as PSG are, are the monsters they're up, they're up against. In in fairness, I blame you for this loss, loss Jack, because you, you, you promised me Jonathan David. You promised on the podcast that Jonathan David is going to score a 90th minute winner. Uh, against PSG as he usually does in fairness but seeing as how it's us and how we always curse games you, you're basically the reason why he didn't score if he hadn't said that he, he would have actually gone ahead and done it and while we're on that subject it's time for Jonathan David watch it's been 15 days since he last scored oh in a way I've probably done Leo a favour now as they won't have as many games to play and they can solely focus on Liga that's true they, they obviously lost it on purpose exactly uh, Leon it is a big, the big game it's a big big game in Liga this weekend with Leon against PSG it's the effects that this will have on the title race will be will be very interesting because obviously Leo play Neem early on in the day and so either it'd be Lyon or PSG in second place after that possibly even first depending on the result and so yeah whichever team loses this game it will hinder their chances in the in the league and so Lyon had actually previously won uh, they won the previous game 1-0 and so it'd be interesting to see how 
how everything pans out in this game. So we're going to have our goal some break and then we will be back with the preview of the rest of the fixtures as well. Welcome back from our goal song break where you just heard the Chelsea goal song. So, um, Nick, what do you rate it? Well, I mean, at this point, you're just choosing goal songs to rattle me. You chose the Getafe one last time because I literally drew and now you're choosing the Chelsea one because we lost to them. So, out of protest, I'm going to have to give him another minus one out of ten, despite it being an actually pretty good song. Well, to counteract that, the first time ever, I'm going to give an above ten rating. <laughs> so, yeah, if, if we look at the average, that means it will be a positive one. Yeah, I'm going to give it twelve. <laughs> 12 out of 10, just to spite Nick. And so the first place we're going to start is La Liga, where Barcelona are against Real Sociedad. Obviously, early on in the season, Sociedad were flying, and we, we, we tipped this game to be quite an interesting one, and then Barcelona won. And both teams have kind of gone in opposite directions, with Barcelona becoming a lot better, and Real Sociedad playing quite poorly. I, I believe this match may be a slight tripping tripping uh, point for Barcelona because uh, first of all they're playing away and Real Sociedad has historically been extremely good playing in Anoeta Barcelona has a history of uh, all losing points at that stadium and also Real Sociedad have been improving quite a lot recently with the return of David Silva to the squad they've kind of halted their free fall and they're really beginning to, to shape up again and they look a lot more like the team that they that they did at the beginning of the of the season. However, of course, Barca is at a, at a, at a, at a point in form where they look almost unstoppable. So it has to say that it will have to work really hard to exploit any weaknesses Barcelona show. Um, Atletico Madrid against Alaves. So obviously, Atletico Madrid will be looking to bounce back after their draw with Hedafe and that loss against Chelsea. Yeah, this game essentially. Uh, will come down to whether Lucas Perez is playing or not. He has made a habit of scoring crucial and really good goals against Atleti. I believe he has three in his last three games and and all of them have made Atleti drop points either because they equalised or or were the winning goal for, for Alaves. So uh, I'm a little bit scared of this, I'm not going to lie. Well, we are Madrid against Celta Vigo. Yes, Celta is pretty alright. They're a bit of an average team right now in the mid-table. They can pull out some pretty good performances, but I, I, I think Real Madrid are, will be too strong for them, really. And now to Germany. So, for Gina Colonna playing Bonner SC, you would... It's, it's Derby, <laughs> but every, every game in the regional Liga West is a Derby. So, yeah, Bonner are, are in the relegation zone, which is a shame. But a win for Fortuna Colonna is to see them overtake Fortuna Dusseldorf too. <laughs> And now in the Bundesliga, Bayern Munich against VfL Stuttgart. Uh, Stuttgart are one of the surprise packages in the Bundesliga this year. And I, I genuinely believe that they do have a chance to cause a big upset for, for Bayern in the title race. As they've got players like Silas Wamingatuka, Sasa Kalajic and Borna Sosa uh, 
who could cause cause issues for for Bayern Munich, especially Borna Sosa against uh, Bayern Munich's right back, whoever that is. Because Borna Sosa has looked like one of the best fullbacks in the league uh, when Angelino hasn't been injured. Speaking of one of the best fullbacks in the league, uh, Wamangituka, no? Wamangituka's. <laughs> if you call him a fullback, that's quite interesting. But he's 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 more of a an attacker. Like he he plays right wing back, but he's right wing. And so if that is it's going to be an interesting matchup between Alfonso Davies and Silas Wamangituka, who are both some of the quickest players in the league and so it will be interesting to see how this would pan out and then Sasa Kalajic is one of the a surprised striker this year as well and has, has looked very good with some coining him the next Haaland which doesn't make sense <laughs> when one he's older than Haaland and two they're two completely different players so you can't really coin someone the next Haaland for, for that or also you can't call someone the next Haaland when Haaland hasn't even finished doing his thing He's literally exactly. only starting his career. Exactly. And so this this will result will have, or Bayern Munich will be feeling the pressure depending on RB Leipzig's result against Armenia on Friday night. So obviously if Leipzig win, the, the gap will be on one point and so Bayern will feel like they need to get result against Stuttgart, but it won't be easy. Then Bristol Dortmund against FC Köln. Um, Dortmund actually lost his previous fixture from Erling Haaland missing a wide open goal which is something you would never thought you would see but it's, it's more of a case you have to see it to believe it And but with the way Dortmund have been playing recently and the way some of their players have been performing I expect Dortmund to probably win this as, as FC Köln have been terrible recently frankly and yes there is a bit of bias in me saying that but there's, they're, I, I, they're probably going to get relegated I, gen- I genuinely believe that. <laughs> so Mönchengladbach can have a bad season, but Cologne's season can only be worse. And then finally, speaking of Borussia Mönchengladbach, they are up against Schalke in in the top spiel um, slot, which will be interesting because this game is far from a top game because <laughs> you've got the worst team in the Bundesliga in Schalke against Borussia Mönchengladbach, who have been in some of the worst form in the Bundesliga. <laughs> When was the last time uh, Gladbach won a game? I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not saying that this to like to like tell you or anything. I, I, I'm genuinely, I'm genuinely asking. Do you want all competitions or the Bundesliga? All competitions. Third of February <laughs> in the DF against Stuttgart in the Pokal. Jeez. In the Bundesliga, their last win was twenty second of January. Oh my god! Well, where the, they beat Dortmund four two. The good news is that, <laughs> that the good news is that that streak's gonna come to an end with with this game against Schalke, surely. Well, I hope so. But it, I, I say this now: if it doesn't, if if Gladbach will lose to Schalke, I will I will become the head chief of the hashtag Rose of Rouse campaign, as no man no manager should ever lose to Schalke, unless <laughs> you're Sebastian Hernes. It's it's just genuinely something that shouldn't happen. You shouldn't lose to a team as bad as Schalke. I can see it now as well. I know Gladbach are probably going to lose 2-0. And I would genuinely would not complain if then Marco Rosa gets sacked. Because that's a loss that you deservedly get sacked for. And finally in Syria, we've got Napoli versus Roma, Juventus versus Benevento and Fiorentina versus Milan. We would have also had Inter Milan versus Sassuolo only for Inter Milan to have several positive Covid tests in their squad and the game has had to be postponed and you, Inter Milan have told their players that they are unable to travel for international duty so we won't see the likes of 
um, Romelu Lukaku playing for Belgium. So that's it for today. Um, thank you for, for listening. Please follow us, share us, rate us, whatever, do whatever you can to, to make us bigger because we're trying to make our moves in Germany, as we said. And so, yeah, uh, so thank making you. moves in Spain wouldn't be half bad either, but uh, <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. Thank you, and we will see you next week. Thank you, and uh, see you next week as well. <laughs> <laughs>